A tip shop can be a treasure trove of delights, and it's the title of Wellington poet James Brown's latest poetry collection. In it, there are glimpses into his life, including his time as an unsuccessful, though wildly enthusiastic, overnight supermarket shelf filler. In a poignant poem about Christine Keeler, remembered, of course, for her affair with British politician John Profumo. James teaches creative writing at the International Institute of Modern Letters at Te Heringa Waka, Victoria University of Wellington. Now, please note there is a reference to suicide in this interview. First, I asked James about the title of his poetry collection. This is probably a, a, an under, underlying theme of the book of um, stuff that's maybe not as biodegradable as we would like it to be. <laughs> so it's it's partly about dealing with that kind of material in yourself. Um, so there's a bit of stuff about salvage, I think, um, repurposing things, which I like to do in, in poetry. You know, also also perhaps feeling superfluous. <laughs> that that's probably another another thing that that comes up with the tip shop. So, uh, yeah, well, there's there's a number of different kind of levels you can probably take out of you know the the idea of the tip shop. I mean, I I do love the tip shop. It's you know it's uh, it's my premier shopping um, <laughs> destination. <laughs> you know, a, as a poet, you know, of course I'm I'm going to spend a lot of time there. I mean, I was thinking of the tip shop also as a place of of coming across treasures. This collection feels like this for me. Has this been? I mean, you've got a lot of collections to your name. Have you been writing this? looking for a theme, thinking thematically, or are these poems that simply have flowed out of you over you know, a really crazy few years, let's be honest. Yeah, I don't I don't ever kind of plan my um books thematically. In this case there were the three poems in the middle of the book, the three long poems, and they're the poems that the the book is kind of anchored around. So they had to work for the, the book to work. The other poems are more kind of, you know, standard James Brown fare, I think, that you might find in, in other collections, um, you know, sort of filtering off onto the side. I mean, have, having said that, I, I do like the third section. It's probably my favourite section. But, but that middle section was quite important. So those, those are three uh, also auto, autobiographical poems. They're confessional. Uh, there's maybe a bit of writing as therapy going on there too. So that's not stuff I've really done in the past I tend to operate a bit more like I think a, a fiction writer a, a novelist that's you know so I I get into a lot of trouble with this because the I and the poems isn't isn't always me and so I'm I'm assembling characters and, so, and sometimes people attribute the things to me that they read in the poems and that, that word I is very tricky it's very tricky <laughs> um and I, it's my own fault and I mean I, I deserve um, you know all, all the trouble that I cause by doing that, but I, I yeah I'm, I'm more of a novelist kind of poet. Um, but the three poems in the middle, the eyes me. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about trigger warning. I read through and I thought, why, why is this really hurting me? In a way, and there's this line. I, I'll get to explain the story, but you've got her mouth was clamped shut, and then later on you've got her clamp was mouthed shut. You know, you're you're playing on that very powerful image all the way through, and I thought, oh, that's that's what it is. It's it's a little stab in the heart as you go through the story, but could you recap the story a little bit and, and your approach to it? Yeah, that's that's probably the big poem in the book. It was a difficult poem to write. I've probably probably been writing or trying to write about that particular event for, I don't know, 25 years, a long time. 
and you know, and I, I, I'd written a prose account of it at one point about I don't know twenty years ago or so. So, yeah. So, I, I know hopefully it works as a poem. Part of me thinks that maybe it shouldn't be a poem, but there was a bit of writing as therapy there. You know, so it's about a suicide, which actually at the time I didn't know when I went in there. I had no idea that that's what it was. Because you got a call for help, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just thought I was uh, reviving a woman who had been overcome by car fumes, you know. Probably my hatred of cars maybe stems from that event. Yeah, so I didn't know until afterwards that, I mean, that it was a terribly suicide. traumatic. Yeah. I mean, traumatic for everybody. Yeah, but I yeah. Can, I can picture you as a, as a young man in this situation. You're yeah, 17, to, so Yeah, trying young. to do your best and trying to save a life. And I think the thing, I mean, I mean, I see the three poems in the middle. It's kind of poems about failure, really. And and that poem, I mean, this is going to sound weird, but um, all through that, that incident, um, I thought I was going to save the save her. Absolutely. I thought I thought the ambulance would come along and I thought I was getting air into her, um, and I thought the ambulance would come along, it would take over, and she would come round. So I was pretty shaken by the fact that that didn't happen. Yeah, um, I mean, obviously my memory of it is possibly, you know, hazy. Uh, yeah, you know, it may be inaccurate in some ways. See, I wouldn't have thought these... It's interesting about them being about failure, because I guess as a reader I didn't see them I thought it was heroic of the young James doing this and even when you're talking about um, your time as the great employee the night filler at a local, local supermarket I get a sense of a young man trying to do his best you know, oh, oh, well, uh, yeah I was trying to do my best but I just completely got all, got it wrong you know in a, in a big way um, yeah and, and didn't realise how other people worked how the boss worked and you know so maybe there's a sort of arrogance there or a sort of you know I, I, yeah, I thought I was a great employee, you know. So I was, again, I was kind of like, "What? I've been fired," <laughs> you know. So, so and in your smock. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you mentioned before about found poetry, and this ties in with the tip shop title. And I've got to say, I was reading this collection after coming home from a very bad night at bridge. So when I came across a simple hand, I'm probably reading this in a different way to a lot of people. So I'll get you to talk talk us through. How you see a piece of what for most people would be impenetrable if you don't understand cards and bridge and turn it into a poem for all. Yeah, that that one I, I probably, um, and there's a couple of found poems um, in the book, um, but that one really was served up to me on a plate, I have to say. I didn't even find it. Perhaps I've reached the, the pinnacle of poetry where you just sit there and your friends send you <laughs> something. So that came out of uh, a bridge column um, of a UK newspaper and this friend sent it to me and said, hey, this looks like it could be a poem. So I, I pulled out the, you know, because there are other little bits. Oh, um, there are always of, other bits. You know, the, the diagram showing the, yeah, you know, the showing that through the hand. So I, I yanked them out, but I really didn't do a, a lot to it. Um, and actually, I found when I read through it carefully, because I, I don't understand bridge, I could understand what was going on. I mean, I, I knew what was happening. Yeah, so yeah, I'm glad you think it works. I did. <laughs> I think I, I like the line, this loses to East who tries not to smirk. And again, in terms of just one of those things, war and design. I've been listening uh, most recently to a podcast about Christine Keeler and the Perfumo Affair because I've I've seen yeah. things about it but I wanted to understand it more deeply so literally I'd been listening to a podcast that morning Lo and Behold and War and Design you're writing not just about her but it's a bigger story this well it's an an amazing incident the yeah. whole the whole thing and um, so yeah I I went down a rabbit hole 
with that one as well. Just became interested in in the story, um, which keeps going beyond the 60s, really. So ended up writing a kind of an essay poem, really. I'm not quite sure how poetic it is. Yeah, so it's about the whole incident, yeah, and it goes a little bit into Christine Keeler's upbringing, which is quite sad. Very yeah. sad. Yeah, yeah, I realised an awful lot of that. Explains something to how vulnerable she was, I guess, and how susceptible she was. Yeah, that's in, it's interesting. I mean, you have to go and um, you can you can find interviews with her, you know, in the in the eighties, and, and she's a product of an era where you know women were walked over, really, and um, you can you can just hear that in her in in the interviews she gives. Yeah, I get a sense there's a degree of playfulness, and I thought I talked about focus, Freya, focus, because here you are working with the alphabet you know from a to z really challenging i would have thought but what got you thinking about this was it a writing exercise or did you simply think oh, i'm gonna have a crack at, at this oh, I, li- I like the alphabet form because i quite like narrative so the alphabet form lends it if you if you like narrative the alphabet form puts a kind of structure onto the narrative and and forces the narrative you know into funny places and funny shapes so I, th- I think there's, there's three alphabet poems in there. Focus, Freya, focus. The A line just having A, and the, you know, so all the words in each line starting with that letter. Um, and so I was just trying to see how, if I could be coherent, get it right through to the end. I'm not sure I managed it, but I managed it well enough. And then there's another one after that, which again takes the alphabet form, but does it where each word, the first, you know, first word starts away, second B, C, you know, and it goes through the alphabet, then it tracks backwards, you know, Z through to A, then it goes A through to Z again, then Z through to A. So it goes back and forth through the alphabet a couple of times and, again, tries to maintain a coherent narrative while doing that. So, yeah, that, I mean, that's... that's a, I, I do like sometimes those sort of formal restrictions. Well, James, this might be the, the hardest question of all of these poems. Which one would you like to read for us? The Crystal Halo I take a late night walk by the sea The suburb drawn in on itself The roads at long last long stretches of empty space Like dreams you can't remember The Milky Way glows with phosphorescence What is this? Some kind of poem? I'm the sort of person who can spot but not pronounce The Magellanic Clouds Well, most of the world is unsayable, I tell myself, for the umpteenth time in my tongue-tied, misaligned life. I locate the Southern Cross and work out south, for all the good it does me, as if I'll ever navigate by starlight, and hope for shooting stars and satellites. The flat sea barely brushes the shore, a faint smell of wood smoke settling upon it. Then I see her, ankle deep. She's wearing a black dress, or could it be some sort of swimwear? Is this a midnight dare? No one else is there. No towel, no bundle. It's winter. I'm some way off. She stands facing into the darkness. I think in circles, symptoms. I'm there for her. I'm here for you. We're at the end of the earth. None of us knows what to do. Eventually, probably about five minutes, a line of drizzle floats through and I turn for home, the last streetlight forming a crystal halo. 
yes, easier to end a poem. James Brown, The Tip Shop is published by Te Heringa Waka University Press.